Welcome to the Wild and Free Podcast, Episode 58. I'm Ainsley Arment, and this week, Jennifer Pepito talks with Elle Salaya of Woven Childhood about having the courage to homeschool after a career as an elementary school teacher. I mean, for me, like I have a different perspective having been homeschooled and being in the public school system. From day one, I've just felt so confident because I've seen the other side. But I think for people that haven't seen the other side, I mean, all they have to know is like the love you have for your child and like the way that you stand up and protect your child. Like you're just your natural ability to do that. It's going to create you to be a good teacher, like just like you are created to be a good mom. Plus, we just announced our new content bundle for the month of March called Mighty. We'll talk about what's inside in just a minute. So grab a cup of coffee and join us on the front porch. Let's get started. I don't know anyone starting out in homeschooling who thinks they know what they're doing. For that matter, I don't know anyone who has homeschooled an entire house full of children who thinks they got it all right. Anyone who takes on this all-important endeavor of educating their own children does so holding their breath, crossing their fingers, and praying for a miracle. It takes bravery to do what we do. There are moments when the pain of it is greater than our passion for it. At some point, we all ask ourselves, why the heck am I doing this? The times when strangers quiz our children in grocery stores, the times when parents or grandparents remind us that it's never too late to put them in school, the times when we threaten our kids with putting them on the bus when they drive us crazy or won't stop bickering, or those times when we feel like we're failing them because of our own inadequacies. But there is a reason we do this that defies explanation. There is a quiet whisper calling out to us, beckoning us to give our children a different way, inviting us to preserve their childhood, to give them and us the gift of more time together. Many of you may not be homeschooling in five years or even one year from now. Your goal is to give your children the gift of a childhood, a slower, more intentional start, And you might choose a different path later on, and that's more than okay. We must always follow our heart and do what we think is best for our families, especially our children. And that takes bravery too. But the rest of you will keep on going. In time, you will realize that this path isn't just for childhood, but for a lifetime of our kids exploring their own interests, responding to life, not bells, pursuing their passions, and building a life based on purpose, not perfection. No matter the reason, you're here because you have heard the call and you have answered it. You too believe that childhood is a time to foster wonder, creativity, and discovery through play and exploration. You believe children learn because they want to, not because they're forced to. And you believe in letting them learn at their own pace. Your knees might be knocking, Your voice might be quaking. You might feel scared or on the verge of giving up, but you are not alone. All over the world, in your state, down the street from where you live, unbeknownst to you, there is a mama just like you, going the distance, day in and day out, attempting to change the course of history by investing in her children. And in case no one's told you lately, you're doing an amazing job. All those hours of training hearts, making meals, reading books, teaching math, nursing babies, conducting science experiments, going on adventures, inspiring minds. 
They're not being wasted. Whenever you have a moment of doubt, remember this. Extraordinary lives are formed in the ordinary moments of a relationship-rich childhood. When I was a child, I was highly introverted. I barely spoke at all. I just wanted to hide in the crowd. Standing in front of people would have made me vomit. But in third grade, I had a teacher who noticed me and told me the meaning of my name, Ainsley. She said it meant bold one. I hated the sound of it or what it implied. Every day, I went to school mortified that I had to answer roll call by standing up and saying, bold one. I would think, why couldn't my name be Sarah, which means princess, or Jenny, which means gift of God? Years later, I discovered that my name actually means my own meadow. I scoured name books from every generation looking for one that said my name meant bold one, and it wasn't to be found. My teacher lied to me, but it did the trick. I went my whole life thinking I was supposed to be brave. And today, even when it's painful, I choose boldness over comfort. I want to take a moment and tell you the meaning of your name. It means brave one. Just do me a favor and don't look it up. The next time you look in the mirror, remember these words, brave one. And when you hit a wall with homeschooling a month or a year from now and wonder if you can go on, you're going to hear a whisper brave one. You might try to ignore it, even laugh it off, but trust me, these words will haunt you. From this day forward, your name means brave one. Courage, dear heart. You are brave, and don't ever forget it. We'll hear from El Salaya in just a moment, but first, I want to tell you about our new bundle for the month of March. It's called Mighty, and it's available right now. This amazing bundle was compiled by the mamas in this community to help you find your courage as a homeschooler and bring out the mighty in your children. Here's just a taste of what it includes. The Aesthetics of Homeschooling by Alicia Miller. Just Read a Book by Amy Hughes palette swing tutorial by Carol Ann Sartell, Reclaiming Freedom from Fear by Betsy Jenkins, Raising a Mighty Child in the Midst of Disability by Britt Chambers, Helping Those with Special Needs Enjoy the Gift of Childhood by Elsie Uticello, Investing in the Hearts of Our Children by Emily Allen, The Working and Homeschooling Mama by Hannah Mayo, A Raccoon Illustration Tutorial by Heidi Eitram, A Monthly Bird Chart by Leah Wu, Keeping a Gratitude Journal by Naomi Ovando, a mother-daughter book club by Renee Houston, and so much more. To get this new bundle, visit bewildandfree.org slash bundles. El Salaya is a former public school teacher and now a home-educating mother of three. She's passionate about cultivating creativity in her home and desires to deepen her children's understanding of this world through nature study, making art, and providing a living education interwoven throughout their day. Elle runs the Instagram account Woven Childhood, where she encourages and supports mothers in their homeschool journeys. She's also a strong advocate for the preservation of childhood. She resides by the beach in North County, San Diego, and enjoys exploring the coastlines and mountains of her homeland with her husband and children. Elle recently sat down with Jennifer Pepito to talk about the courage to homeschool. 
Let's listen in. I'm just so excited to talk to you because I think that even though homeschooling has been happening for a while now, when we take on this momentous task, this monumental job of homeschooling, we are, (laughs) we're taking on this incredible job that most people say, leave that up to the experts. Mm -hmm. And you're someone who has both been the homeschool child and been the expert. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, your own homeschool experience. Yeah, um, I grew up in Ramona in a little small town in San Diego. And um, I homeschooled all the way up into uh, high school. And to me, it was just regular. Like we lived in the country, played outside a lot. It was just totally regular to us. And it was a very charmed upbringing, but I didn't think anything was different. And then I went to public school. It was a total culture shock, but it was a great experience. And I came out of it. I went to college. I wanted to be a teacher. I've wanted to be a teacher since I was in the third grade. Like I actually had a moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And that was the goal I set. And I just loved kids and I love teaching. So do you have siblings, younger, older I do. I'm the oldest of uh, three other siblings. Okay. So I was just imagining you playing school as a young homeschooled child. Oh yeah. I was like the ultimate director of just everything. All things play. I would make my sisters, my brother costumes. (laughs) It was just like really, you talk about wild and free childhood. I definitely had that. Living on a mountain. uh, We used to see like bobcats and even a mountain lion like jump across our road. We lived on a dirt road. How exciting. Yeah, it was really intense. Yes. <laughs> so did you do school every day, like six hour di- hours a day? Because I think sometimes homeschoolers are like, how much is enough? I think that's the, the ultimate question we ask is how much is enough? And so then we can tend to, even though Charlotte Mason said, just do school in the morning and leave the mm-hmm. afternoons free for play. We content to like fill up the whole day with more and more schoolwork because we're nervous. Did you do school every day, all day? No. <laughs> Um, it's kind of funny looking back. I don't ever remember my mom having any sort of rhythm. You know, we talk about like, oh, morning time and we have like our little schedule and some people even write it out. My mom just gave me books and I was a very independent learner. And I don't know, I just discovered things on my own and it just kind of happened throughout the day. There was no set school time. It's kind of a funny thought to kind of remember, like, what did I actually do? I never remember her um, in front of a chalkboard or like teaching me lessons. Like, you know, she would help me with writing and she was really involved and she bought me a microscope. I remember going out and finding little bees and ants and just being fascinated with all their little fibers and hairs on their legs and just that's what I remember (laughs) and reading a lot. Right. It's so interesting, isn't it? Because I think as young homeschool moms are like, oh my gosh, we got to do all the books and we got to read all the books and we have Mm -hmm. to, you know, have this perfect homeschool every day. And yet if you talk to most people who were homeschooled or, or at least a lot of their experience was, okay, so mom did some homeschooling with me, but she also had a baby and was sitting down nursing the baby or starting a meal or, you know, all these oh, other yeah. things that are part of life so that we're not just running a schoolroom, We're not just having the schoolroom experience. And yet look at you, you grew up, you got a college education, mm-hmm. you, you know, a few things. So Was there like an adjustment when you did enter high school? Yeah, there was a huge adjustment, I think, socially. 
academically, I was in honors classes, which is kind of funny because I don't think of myself as, you know, an honors student, but that's where I was placed. And I think that the social experience was just different. I just felt, especially in the 90s, when you're a homeschooler in the 90s, like there's no internet. There's no way of like knowing what's cool and what's not. And I think going into high school, especially in a little small town, there was definite groups. And I I saw that. And I think I was just really comfortable though. I played softball. I played sports. I was in ballet and gymnastics and I just felt comfortable with people. So I made friends and I did step out of the honors realm though, my last two years of high school, because I honestly just felt like it was too much work. (laughs) Right. There were other things you wanted to do. Yeah. I I wanted to be more social. I kind of thought like, well, I can do that, but why? So what kind of decided you to go to high school in the first place? Well, I actually went to junior high at a public school and it was really overwhelming for me at that age. So seventh grade, I remember thinking like, I don't even know what class to go to. It was kind of like the block schedules where things would change within the week. And I just, I was overwhelmed. I felt overwhelmed. I felt like I don't know, like anxiety for the first time. And so I told my mom, no, I'm not ready for it yet. And then in high school, I just, I decided I was ready and I wanted to go to high school. So your mom really had a lot of faith in kind of your ability to make decisions at that point. Was that a gradual process or was she always like that? Uh, My mom, she's very trusting and very confident. She's always had a really strong relationship with God. And so I feel like And we had a very strong relationship. And I think homeschooling was a huge part of that. Um, Just the trust we had with each other was really big. And that's still to this day, we really just have a good relationship. That's really sweet. And I think that, you know, I did a little informal survey at a conference I was speaking at about what was most important to people. And I think that for so many of us, really, the relationships are the most important. And I think it's really beautiful talking to you because your family preserved the relationship, mm-hmm. but you you didn't suffer academically. So then you grow up, you become a public school teacher. What decided you to go back to homeschooling your own children? There was a really huge moment. (laughs) Well, my whole plan was to be a teacher and to bring my children with me to class and have them help me decorate, you know, and be involved with my classroom. I thought that was always going to be part of our life. But um, a really interesting thing happened. You know, I'm a very creative person. I love, you know, art and I love teaching. I I was almost, I actually was hired as an art teacher right before I had a permanent teaching position in, in a classroom. But I just wanted to do art with my class more. I wanted to be able to at least once a week just have like some art time with them because we were just so academically heavy and we were just pressured to teach language arts and math. And that was pretty much it, like whatever was tested. So I thought, you know, I'm going to talk to my principal. I'm going to sit down, have a little meeting and and ask him if I can teach an art lesson once a week. (laughs) And I, you know, brought my little plan down to his office and I asked him, hey, you know, can, can I just, you know, once a week get the kids together and, and do some art together? And he paused and he's like, well, you know, I think that's going to be okay if it's connected to a standard and if it's after your academic core, you know, learning time and if it's only on Fridays. And then I had to kind of backtrack because I'm thinking like, I want to study like, you know, different artists and I want, and then I had to kind of, you know, bring it back. Okay, well, say if we read a story about, or, you know, maybe an expository text on like hedgehogs, maybe I can do this craft. And I showed him like this hedgehog craft made out of, you know, 
uh, construction paper, but it wasn't, it wasn't a go. And I just felt that weight of like, this isn't going to change. And my kids are going to be in this realm. And that. <laughs> and what grades were you teaching? Kindergarten. Oh my gosh. That just yes. like breaks my heart. I, I can't, I can't even believe it. That's like the punchline right there. Right. Kindergarten. This is yeah. kindergarten. And, no, and it makes with, me emotional for sure. Oh. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking when you think about, you know, we have the joy and the privilege of being able to choose to keep our kids home. But what what about all these kids who, you know, it's, it's almost unethical it the way essentially money is tied to academic yeah. performance. And so children are getting labeled and exhausted oh, in the man. early years oh, yeah. and burnt out. Yeah. And I worked at a Title I school. I have kind of a different experience because we weren't funded like other schools in Sorry, I'm like crying right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I worked at a school in Solana Beach, which they had, you know, art studies and they had an actual art teacher. And that's where I was um, hired before. But at the Title I school that I went to after, yeah, it's just you see the difference. You see like the privileged areas and how they are able to do more things. And then, you know, the ones that aren't, they just can't have it. It's just not in the books for them. So it's really tough to see. And especially those are kids that don't get out with their parents and go to the beach. I mean, I had a whole classroom of kindergartners that live 30 minutes from the beach and they, they hadn't even gone out to the water. Like how sad is that? So, I mean, like you said, it's almost inhumane or unethical. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. So that was kind of a turning point for you where you said, well, yeah, I just felt like it just wasn't for us. And I I know in my heart what education could be because of my experience being homeschooled and the freedom I felt. And I really contribute that experience to who I am as a person and how I look at life. And I've always felt yeah. a little different, <laughs> like just even <laughs> social circumstances. But now, I mean, like today, it's almost like praise to be your own person and to be, you know, original or whatever. That That's kind of like... It's a gift. Yeah, it's a gift. But back then it was kind of like, oh, the strange homeschool girl. (laughs) We'll be back in just a minute. But I wanted to tell you about a few gatherings happening at the Wild and Free Farm Village in the mountains of Virginia. Friends, you might be aware that last year, Wild and Free had the opportunity to purchase a beautiful retreat center in the Blue Ridge Mountains where we can host retreats and family gatherings. We're hosting a retreat for Wild and Free group leaders in April a spring mama retreat in May, a midsummer family festival in June, and a medieval adventure weekend in September. We'd love for you to visit us for one of these special gatherings. We've always believed that community is best expressed in real life. So now with the Wild and Free Farm Village, we finally have the chance to bring us and our families together. To learn more about these events, visit bewildandfree.org slash upcoming. Now back to Jen and Elle. It's interesting because sometimes I feel like I have to convince people. My philosophy of education is that the the first six years of school, the you know grades one through six, should be more about stories and being creative and learning some basic skills. Yes, but the the majority of the of the kind of goal there should be about laying a really good foundation of stories and imagination mm-hmm. and creative learning. And then as you progress through high school, junior high, high school, then you can start to, you know, learn how to write a five paragraph essay. And, and I've had all my kids go from, you know, a little more laid back Charlotte Mason, reading a lot, playing a lot in the early years to 
you know, doing just fine in college, mm-hmm. being honor students, wherever it was. But I think that families see their friends' kids in public schools, and those kids are way ahead of them academically, and they panic. What would you say to those parents? I would say that as homeschool moms, we're just placing priority on something that's different and something that we see value in, something that we see is going to manifest into their later learning in a positive way. And there's so many studies that show that being an early reader doesn't dictate whether you're going to go to college, whether you're successful in your future job. Right. And I think that takes a lot of confidence. Sometimes we don't have it. How have you developed confidence as a homeschool mom? I mean, for me, like you said, I I have a different perspective having been homeschooled and being in the public school system. I, From day one, I've just felt so confident because I've seen the other side. But I think for people that haven't seen the other side, I mean, all they have to know is like their love. And this seems so cliche. People say it all the time, but it's 100% true. Like the love you have for your child and like the way that you stand up and protect your child, like you're just your natural ability to do that. It's going to create you to be a good teacher. Like just like you are created to be a good mom, you can be, you can learn on your own. If you have any gaps in your own education, there's, you know, so many resources out there that can provide education for your child. Absolutely. And I think that sometimes too, we feel like we have to know everything ahead of time, Mm -hmm. but what is really the problem with saying, oh, we're going to study revolutions Let's go look it up. Let's go get some books. Like, do we as the moms really have to know everything? Oh, absolutely not. It's funny. I told my little, my six-year-old, I said, you know, even the smartest person in the world doesn't know everything. And she was mind blown. Like, she was legitimately like, wait, what? (laughs) She's like, wait, so like, they don't know all the things in the world. I said, yeah, just even like with all the information that we have, there's still not one person that knows all of history, all of math, all of everything. And so I think just from that perspective, like teaching your your son or daughter that the gift that we have as humans is to be able to learn and to grow. And that doesn't stop. And it doesn't I mean, there's not a way for us to just, you know, all of a sudden like, yeah, we're done. We're done learning. It's just a continual thing. It goes on for your whole life. Absolutely. I love that. And I think that that is part of the spirit of homeschooling that, Mm -hmm. you know, we would want people to grab a hold of is that this is about you modeling learning with your children. It's not about you being stressed and trying to force learning on them. It's about, hey, let's learn together. Let's let's discover this. Let's research this. Let's try out this recipe. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. Let's look at this. Let's go to this museum. There's so much that we can learn together. It doesn't matter as a parent what your educational level is even. What matters is your curiosity. Yeah, 100%. Because even as a teacher, you don't know everything. You can go to school for, you know, six years. You could have a master's in education and still, you know, be like Googling things in sixth or in like second grade. I was a second grade teacher and there were certain things I was like, oh my goodness, I don't know. Um, Let's look it up. And so teachers do that too. And that's another thing. I feel like a lot of moms feel like, oh, well, maybe my kids would thrive more in the classroom setting, or maybe they would get along better with their teacher. And I just, I I mean, being a teacher, I realize that kids get burnt out in the classroom. They get burnt out with their teacher. They, 
you know, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. The same problems right. happen in the classroom. The same, the same uninterested children are there. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, I get it. I, I've been reading. Um, I just read the Voyage of the Dawn Treader aloud to my children, and there's a part where Reepy Cheap talks about just how he was just going to keep moving east towards Aslan. He would go in the boat until the boat would sink. He would go in his coracle until his coracle sank, and then he'd swim. And I think with parenting, sometimes we think, oh, if we just put our kids in school, then we won't have to deal with the behavior problems anymore, or you know, we'll solve our problems. But really, I mean, and, and obviously there are seasons where maybe school is the right thing. Right. But I think looking at school as like, oh, I don't want to train my child to do his schoolwork and so I'm going to let somebody else take care of that. You know, that's that's sort of escapism. Mm-hmm. It's maybe good for a season if you need to get healthy. But I think that sometimes we just have to keep on the track, just keep moving on the track, mm-hmm. and eventually we will succeed. Ernest Shackleton said, through endurance, we conquer. Yeah. I feel like if it's in your heart, if you're called to this, you are going to be equipped. And I feel like there are families that just don't feel called and that's fine. And, you know, there's a public school system, there's different options out there, charters, privates. I just don't think that just because we feel like we're up to the calling, I still feel like we should move forward. Like you said, day by day, like just consider the day what are the tasks of the day? And then just do them and move forward. And morning mercies are real. <laughs> like right. you wake up in the morning and they, you know, things are just a new, it's a new day. Absolutely. Um, we can be exhausted at night and then in the morning ready to go. Yeah. I'm so excited that you're going to be sharing at the Wild and Free Conference in Southern California. It's going to be such a joy to learn from you with your beautiful experience with homeschooling and teaching. And is there just one last thing that you'd like to say to moms about learning in the early years with their children? Uh, yeah, I think what I would say is just just become awestruck with your child and realize that whatever they're seeing for the you know first time is really magical to them. And to get into that mindset, get into their perspective, because I think that's where the magic of homeschool happens is when you yourself, you get into it and you get excited about it. Absolutely. I love that. I think that that is such a key to being a successful homeschooler in some ways. If our children feel like they're enjoyed in the early years and not like they're a burden, Mm -hmm. then they're going to look at the world as a place that they can conquer in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we model, we model that enthusiasm and then they just continue it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. It's been such fun to chat with you, Elle. I love learning from your experience and your enthusiasm. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. Friends, if you enjoy this podcast, would you leave a review on iTunes so that other mamas can discover this community? Also, don't forget our new Mighty Bundle just launched. If you subscribe to the bundles this week, we'll put a welcome kit in the mail to you with a copy of your first monthly magazine. To learn more, visit bewildandfree.org slash bundles. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but join us again next week for the Wild and Free podcast.